We live in a world that is forever changing, from one day to the next. Now add to that an inner world that is forever at odds with itself. How does one accomplish anything when the only thing that is certain is uncertainty? Welcome to the Lifting with Bipolar podcast, the show designed to be an educational safe haven offering real-world solutions for real-world people. My name is Jonathan Sharko. Living with Bipolar 1 in today's world is a double-edged sword, but I'm here to work through it with you. Let's get right into today's episode. Alrighty, folks, welcome to another episode of the Lifting with Bipolar podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Sharko, and today our guest is Paris. Paris is a uh, author and podcast host herself. Uh, Paris, why don't you kind of take a few moments at the beginning of the episode to introduce yourself to the audience? Awesome. Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. I know we've been connected for a while and we ended up getting connected on Instagram. We're talking back and forth. And yeah, so just like Jonathan said, I am the host of the podcast. It's called Live Well Bipolar. And I also am the author of the book called Crooked Illness Lessons from Inside and Outside Hospital Walls. And the number one place to get connected with me is on Instagram at Live Well Bipolar. I was first diagnosed with bipolar disorder at 19 years old. So almost 10 years ago, I'm 28 now, but it was Christmas around Christmas time of 2014. I was initially diagnosed with depression at 16 to begin with. And the reason I ended up starting a podcast, writing a book, wanting to go online, get some more resources, learn more about others with bipolar is because for my situation, I ended up going through that hospitalization and I actually ended up working going back. And after I graduated from college, I went back and I worked at the same hospital where I was a patient at. So I had the um, opportunity to be on both ends of the spectrum, I guess you could say, of going from being a patient in a facility, really, really struggling like day in and day out with your mental health, obstacles, roadblocks, challenges, and then going from being a um, working in the system and trying to learn more, give resources, help the people that I was serving as well. So that's really where it came came down to. And I ended up publishing my book almost two years ago. So the two-year anniversary is actually next month on October 6th of 2021 is when I published the book. But the reason I published that book is because I started the podcast. I've been doing the podcast now for almost four years, and I've been able to interview people who live with bipolar from all over the world, different places, different backgrounds, so many different pieces of their stories. And, you know, from doing that, they've really encouraged me to share my story. And that's really what the message is I like, I like to give to my audience is, you know, you all have a individual story, whether it's something you're dealing with right now or in the past that can really unlock doors to help so many others. So that is just um, a little bit about me and kind of a nutshell there. Yeah, no, it's great to uh, have you on the show, especially with almost like a decade of experience of having lived with uh, bipolar disorder. It's um, nice for my listeners to kind of have somebody on there with that much experience under their belt. So um, it has been about four years with uh, your experience with the podcast, just kind of reflecting back on those four years, like what, what kind of sparked your idea and your passion to start that podcast? Do you have like a, a kind of a story, maybe what kind of reflecting back about four years ago with, on, the, on your journey to maybe even start a podcast? Yeah. So to answer your question, I did not start the work to really prioritize my mental health fully until almost it was a little over five years ago. 
So a little over five years ago. Mm -hmm. So around like when I was 23, like 22, almost 23 is when I started to get back into, you know, reading more books, doing more research, started listening to podcasts to begin with, but really just making that decision on, I can either continue down the road that I've been going on, which clearly has not been working for me in terms of how I've been taking care of myself, how I've been, you know, neglecting my mental health and then all that goes along with it, which I know, you know, a lot about with the the connection between physical health, mental health, and how that kind of can, can spiral out of control when one and the other is out of, out of whack. So I really had that period of, you know, really needing to look at my life and just get it all down on paper, you know, where I'm at, what I want to work on, because I didn't really have awareness. That was the first thing I needed to first get awareness into where I am right now, what isn't working, what is, and where I potentially would like to get to. So I really had to reevaluate just starting with myself. So my inner dialogue, the way that I spoke to myself, the way that I, you know, had that belief in myself that I could change, that I could overcome, you know, those roadblocks that I I get through. But a big piece of it was healing past traumas and learning how to even communicate the ways in which those things had impacted me to do that through therapy, to do that through setting boundaries in past relationships. And also, you know, working on relationships with people in my life that, that were damaging and, you know, either cutting those people out, setting boundaries, doing the work around that, and also overcoming hurdles as well that I talk about in my book. And I kind of get into a lot of the details with that in terms of before my hospitalization, but going through sexual assault, the way that sexual trauma can have impact on your your mindset, your health, your relationships, all of those pieces. So really diving into that, doing the work on that and just not having being able to learn how to strip away the stigma because I had placed a lot of stigma upon myself with getting the diagnosis of bipolar. So really that's really where I decided mm-hmm. I wanted to start the podcast because I wanted to tell my story. I I got I finally got enough courage to say I want to talk about this openly. I want to share a little bit of what I've been through because maybe I can connect with other people online. Maybe I can do, maybe something different can change because I was tired of doing the same thing that I was, which really wasn't anything. So that's really why I decided to, you know, I didn't have a plan to be honest with you. I was in the backyard of my parents' house. If you guys go back and listen to the first episode of my podcast, you can literally hear me in the backyard with rocks, like crunching under my feet as I'm walking. And I think I did my first episode. Mm -hmm. It was talking about the connection, the relationship between mental and physical health. And that's really where my story started because I started to prioritize again, my diet, exercise, what I'm putting in my body, sleep, all these pieces of the puzzle. And I started talking about that. I did a couple more solo episodes and then, you know, I, I, I forgot if I ended up reaching out to, you know, it was all just like my network. So friends of, Hey, you know, can you check out my episodes? Let me know what you think. And then from there I was able to get connected with other people who, and initially it wasn't bipolar specifically. It was just generally focused all mental health. So just getting into that storytelling, learning people's stories and just getting comfortable with these conversations really. Yeah. Yeah, no, I want. I wanted to ask you about that. Like, um, like four years ago, like, what was it like that very first episode? I, I know, like, kind of your journey, how it started off, and like, what what kind of like emotions was it like? Just, I'm sure it must have been a mixed bag of emotions. Just like really, just having the courage to kind of go from nowhere to 
to sparking it off and want and wanting to you know in your backyard walking around just you know having the courage to say i don't know if it was like you, you know just eff it i'm just going to go for it and make, make an episode and just four years later now you're here and you've had a lot of success so what was it like just kind of going into that first episode yeah that's such a great question because and no one's ever asked me about like the evolution from that first episode until like i think i'm at 169 episodes at this wow. point um, very nice and very cool. yeah so, so yeah so the 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 whole evolution but definitely i can tell you is i had an idea so going into it i didn't have you know i didn't have like any equipment i didn't ha- i didn't even know like about where to record like anything all i did was i found just like an app and i downloaded it and i was like oh cool like i can and i and i had a concept i'm like okay i can start just with my story on you know, this part of it. And then maybe I'll do some more. I don't really know. It wasn't planned. I wasn't consistent. I wasn't like, okay, I'm going to release episodes every single Monday, at like 10 a.m. Pacific time. I just hit record and I released mm-hmm. that first one that same, like literally right after I record, I hit publish. And then I just took the episode and this is back when I was, um, it was on like Facebook mainly. So I shared it everywhere. I was like, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, all those things. And I was like, Hey, I made a podcast and here's my episode. And it was just a lot of like, you know, sending it out to friends. And, you know, I didn't, I had no idea on, you know, who I was really trying to speak to at that time. I just knew (laughs) that I wanted to, I knew the first step for me of getting out of that stigma and stepping out of my box was talking about it. So hitting record, telling it like it is like getting into the story. And then from there, it kind of, evolved more into, you know, what, what do I want to focus on? Like, what is this podcast really trying to do? Like, what am I trying to accomplish? And then from there, you know, obviously like it's been almost four years, my first episode, it was like, I think it was February of 2020. So February, 2020. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just hit record and I kind of, I think I had like notes in my phone of, I kind of wrote out the relationship between mental and physical health. And then a little couple bullet points and I just started talking. And then from there, I did a couple a couple more solo ones. And then from there, I got into asking people. I would actually message people either on Instagram or Facebook or that those are the main places at the time of, hey, you know, you know, I know you have a, a story that you could probably share on mental health. Would you want to come talk with me? And I would love to share it. And from there, it kind of grew. But really, it came down to that first mm-hmm. seed that was planted of me wanting to really get rid of that stigma and strip myself of it because I knew if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to even do the podcast, right? Like there would be no podcast, no book, no nothing, none of it, because I was still holding on to what are people going to think of me if I publicly come out and say, yeah, I was, I had a diagnosis of bipolar hospitalization and really get vulnerable and open. I was not used to that. So that's really where it started. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really courageous, I think is to describe the word, like really courageous to kind of come out in the open and really, um, I, cause I can relate it with my own kind of journey with, with bipolar. I have bipolar one. I've been hospitalized. I've been, um, I've been to jail and things like that as well. And like kind of been through the criminal justice system, things like that because of my mental illness and, and then going from there and kind of going through the full gamut of emotions from being like ashamed and, um, confused and frustrated and angry and sad and depressed and just kind of going from that to wanting to 
not to not talk about it, to not accepting your diagnosis, to kind of taking years, kind of going through years later. It's like, you know what, it's something not only do I want to talk about with to myself, but want to broadcast and kind of be an advocate for and really promote discussion and destigmatize it. So I can totally kind of, I, I want to applaud you for doing that as well. So um, kind of turning from the microphone to the pen, it's quite a journey. Um, could you share with us what motivated the transition maybe from uh, from journeying from the microphone to maybe two years ago to writing your book? Um, publishing a book is yeah, often like you. climbing a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much for that. And just, you know, hearing you get into a little bit of the aspects of your story as being able to resonate with where I came from. I really, really appreciate that because yeah, it definitely wasn't easy to overcome that. But especially when you're talking about the transition into, you know, obviously, okay, you're comfortable now talking about your story, you've overcome the stigma with that, with speaking about it. You've done the podcast for a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, you've been able to, you know, get comfortable with, with, with featuring people's stories and, you know, getting into those aspects of what really works for other people. But translating that into writing my book is I can tell you, I never planned to publish my book. I never had any intention of okay. doing that. I honestly, it's pretty funny. So I started the podcast February, 2020, initially when I first launched it, I did not know what to call it. So that's how to give you a little idea of like really how, I guess, unprepared or out of the blue, like it was, I didn't have a name. I just hit record. I knew what I wanted to talk about. And then I was like, oh, I need to name this podcast. So I was like, okay, well, I will call it mm -hmm. Crooked Illness because at the time that was my book in the process of what I was kind of working on. I had like a Word document. I was outlining some chapters, kind of writing in it a little bit, but I didn't mm -hmm. really organize it. I didn't have a plan, nothing like that, but I decided to call the podcast Crooked Illness because for me, that's the name of my book and my memoir. And really what that means is when you think about Crooked Illness, it's a two-sided coin, right? So it goes to the person struggling with bipolar disorder. And speaking from my experience, I could not see how I was being crooked to myself and the world around me because I was so focused on pushing through, just moving past it, not dealing with it, not addressing it. So I was in turn, not kind to myself, not kind to the world around me because of that. And that's really where the crooked illness mm -hmm. uh, name stemmed from of you can't see that because you're almost blinded by the illness. You're blinded by the diagnosis and you're letting it consume you. And for me, the journey from podcast to book really came from me interviewing so many guests is I, I had the opportunity to speak to people who, you know, they've written like six books, seven books for how many, you know, multiple books or whatever it is. And they were talking about, you know, like their stories. And I learned so much from them and their experiences. And I remember one of the interviews um, a couple of them were like, Hey, you know, uh, when I got done, they were like, are you working on, you know, a book or a story? And I would always say, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of writing something, but I, not, I'm not going to publish it or anything. And I feel like it really came down to changing my environment. When you get around enough people who have done something and you start to see, cause it really was the belief in yourself, right? I did not have that belief in myself that I could do that. And really because it, it came down to the tools, right? I did not have the tools or understanding of how to go about publishing a book, making that a reality. And through my network and through being able to leverage 
those connections, I was able to get introduced from the people I've interviewed on my podcast to who they worked with, whether it's their editor, cover designer, their team of whoever they're introducing me to. And really that was what allowed me to see what I need to do, how I need to make this a reality and why, why do I want to publish this book? And the reason is I wanted to publish it to show people, here's what the reality of living with bipolar disorder looks like, but, but here is how you're able to take those obstacles and experiences. And this is what you can control versus what you can't. And really what worked for me and really get into all of it and openly say, here's what I've learned, you know, in my almost 10 years of, you know, living with my diagnosis of bipolar disorder into a format where people can hold it, read it, whether it's like a book in their hands or on Kindle. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, just really putting it, putting it together and having that encouragement from the guests that I've been able to feature their stories. Yeah, no, I, I personally have the Kindle copy. I've been, I've been reading it myself. It's been a great read so far. And it's just like, uh, it's great because there's not that many, I mean, there are, there are books written by, by bipolar authors, but it's like your tale. It's just been every chapter. It's been just so relatable for me. And just been, it's just nice to hear another story out there. And it's like, I don't want to give too much of the book away so far, but it's just like in the beginning, like the early diagnosis stages, it's like when you were just kind of getting, getting diagnosed and hospitalized and things like that. It's like, yep, been there, done that totally relatable. So, um, like the partying, the partying, things like that. It's like kind of masking and things like that. It's like the drinking and things like that. And it's like the not sleeping, the sleepless, the sleepless nights, things like that. It's like, that's kind of was, was my diagnosis when I was in college and was just kind of going through that kind of phase. It was like, you're, I was, when I was getting diagnosed, I was like, no, this is just kind of the, what you're supposed to be doing in college. You're not supposed to be sleeping. You're supposed to be using substances. You're supposed to be talking a mile a minute and having all these grandiose ideas and like planning your life out. And then you're not supposed to be in a hospital and things like that. So um, but yeah, the, the book is great and I'm really happy that you kind of wrote that and I hope you've been having some success. It's been nice to see how you have, uh, you write, you know, signed copies and you deliver those like pretty consistently out there. So I encourage everybody to, to pick up a hard copy and check it out there. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I definitely, I feel like that's really what it, and hearing you be able to resonate so much with my story is exactly why I wanted to share that because just being able to understand like out of, for me, like out of all the conversations that I've been able to have on the podcast, there's so many underlying common themes through the conversations. And -hmm. that's really what I learned from not only my story, but then also even hearing you share, you know, same, same situation, right? Being in college, partying, drugs, substances, running away from it, and just kind of more normalizing it and saying, you know, having these grandiose ideas, you know, going a mile a minute, this is really how, how we all are. It's not really anything different. So that's exactly my experience too. And just really not, not knowing how to address it and just thinking like, I'll do, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. And when you, and obviously we know when you continue to do that and push things off, your body will deal with it for you by shutting down and putting you in a situation like the hospitalization that I went through. Um, that, that, that's, it was really terrifying experience, a really like the, the scariest experience I've, one of them that I've been through. Um, but I know I needed to be there because, you know, obviously I came home, I was hospitalized at 19 years old. That's when I received my bipolar one diagnosis. I was court ordered treatment, SMI, which stands for severe, severely mental, mental illness. And I was set, you know, sent obviously to a clinic to go to appointments and all these things. And I had a lot of struggles in the past with, you know, 
my old diagnosis of depression, different medications and all this stuff, lack of motivation, um, sleeping issues, big time, like not being, you know, stable with that at all. Um, a lot of relationship problems, you know, friendship, family, you know, romantic relationships, a lot of different issues with that. And just, you know, not just no plan in place for myself or no tools. And really what those tools come down to, um, from what you're saying in the book, like being able to identify those. So like just getting into therapy, getting into identifying. And a lot of it is Mm -hmm. so individual. Like there's so many people that I talked with who have struggled a lot with finding either a therapist or medications that work for them, a routine, whatever it is. But really when you're able to find something that is working, and that's really why I started the podcast because I wanted to show more of that. I wanted to show more of that through the stories Mm -hmm. of the people that I'm interviewing because everyone has a different component to their story that maybe someone else hasn't tried. Maybe someone else listening who either lives with bipolar or has a loved one or someone that they're, you know, wanting to learn more about it, they can take away something from that conversation and say, "Hey, you know, maybe we can look into whether it's I've had people talk about keto diet and have been very successful, had a lot of success with that with, you know, making changes with that. I've had people talk about you know, like I'm going to have you on right after we're done here talking about your story and getting into, you know, the component related to exercise. So there's so much that we can put together and, and try to to do to to make it work. So I really love that you, you know, kind of mentioned that the relationship, right, with between the podcast, between the book and really bringing those two together. I love that. No, I'm really, I'm really um, impressed. And I think it's, I think it just speaks to a lot of people because, I think I've met a lot of people out there and, and locally in my community, I attend like a local support group and people who are newly diagnosed. And it's, it's a shame because oftentimes people are confused and sometimes they feel like it's like a life, like it's like a, it's like a death sentence. It's almost like they're going to be, um, and they, they're not going to be able to fully function or, um, maybe like reach the levels of success that they want to, or not be fully or highly functioning. And, and oftentimes I feel like that's not the case at all. Like you can, totally live with bipolar disorder and, and, and function at a very high level. It's not something that's going to be holding you back. If anything, that couldn't be, um, it can just make me, you know, it's just, it's just something that you have to live with and it doesn't mean it's going to hold you back or anything like that. So um, it's something I feel like in my opinion, you know, I have bipolar disorder, but it makes me feel like I can feel emotions more than any other person. Like I can love harder than anybody. I can um, feel I can cry harder than anybody. I can, it's just, it just means I can feel more emotions than anybody else. And it doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but I think it's just maybe a, a bit of a more beautiful thing that I can, that I have on this planet, more of a talent than I have on this planet. So I try to kind of look at it in a beautiful lens and not, uh, not for like a disability or anything like that. I just don't, uh, I just don't like looking at it as a, as a death sentence or something like that. Like people are, feel like they can't be functioning. So it's really nice to meet people who are living with bipolar disorder, who are, you know, highly functioning or kind of doesn't hold them back. They can start podcasts, write books, um, have a, have, have continued success and have continued growth. Um, kind of fast forwarding to this past year, um, you've had a lot of growth. Maybe we can kind of uh, take a moment to reflect on this past 12 months and kind of, uh, talked about your personal life and kind of personal transformation. Um, that's kind of like reflecting on your past journey. So, um, let's see here. Um, like what's, what's been going on with you the past year, kind of reflecting on, uh, some good things in your life. Yeah, I love that transition because for me, um, to be honest, this year has been the busiest of my entire life. And to tell you guys why that is, is really so basically starting off this year, 
when we came into 2023, I got married in March. Um, me and my husband bought a house and moved in in April. And then May and June, we were gone on our honeymoon. So we went to Europe. We did we were gone for a month. So we did Florence, Venice, Rome, Milos, Mykonos, Santorini, and Paris. First, both of our first times in Europe. So that was amazing. And then July, so it's every month something, right? So March, wedding, April, <laughs> house, May, June, honeymoon, July, come home, ended up leaving my job <laughs> when and in Ju- end of June and then starting my new job in right before 4th of July. Then I also had the housewarming party. So that transition. And then we got to August where August, to tell you guys the truth, was like the first month where I really felt settled. And that's, and we're in September now. So basically (laughs) like a month and a half of really feeling settled back from the wedding. And obviously February, I had my bachelorette party, wedding planning, all of that stuff. And I actually made a post. So I did a solo episode on this because I took a break from the podcast. And I've been doing it obviously almost almost four years now, but I decided to take a break because I, I was like, I want to be present for everything going on with the wedding, move, honeymoon, all of this stuff. And I came back to the podcast and I made an episode, you know, announcing my return back to the podcast, you know, what's been going on, what I was kind of dealing with in my time away. And obviously with the good changes, there can come some bad as well. And some of those bad negative changes were just, you know, obviously like a toxic, you know, previously toxic work environment, dealing with that and also loss of friendships as well. So friendships that you, that I did not expect to have to have happen with those boundaries. That wasn't something that I, and it's not like we ever planned for that. Right. But that was the negative of it. But then I actually ended up talking about on my episode the good, how bipolar triggers can be good and bad because, you know, we often think, right, good things like getting married, buying a house, going on a month long honeymoon, getting a new job. And, you know, I got a big, I got an award and at my previous company for like, you know, being, um, you know, the top performer there I work at, it was a a tech company for uh, helping out with Mm -hmm. uh, healthcare companies with their online presence and stuff like that. Um, So you might sit there and think, okay, so how is this bad? These are all good things, but it's all new. It's different. It's change. Your routine is entirely different. You know, I went from living, I moved. um, So that's a big deal, right? New house, new environment, new career, being married, um, you know, going through a new country, like big time changes, shifts like that, loss of friendships. I went through pretty much a lot of big, significant life changes in a very short amount of time. So I feel like what's been helpful for me in managing that has been going back to therapy. So I took a break a little bit kind of with the wedding planning and stuff, but I ended up going back and and obviously wanting to address some things that I went through um, with all the changes when it comes down to, you know, being able to deal with, you know, when you're talking about toxic work environment, a lot of like trauma resurfacing from past, you know, relationships with friendships and things and different things like that. So really what's been helpful for me to get through all of these changes and be able to enjoy the positive ones have been uh, therapy, leveraging my network. So talking with my friends who I'm close with, who also have bipolar disorder and can understand uh, my family, my husband, you know, having that open communication and saying like, Hey, here's how I'm feeling. Like, here's what I'm dealing with. 
and being able to get input and feedback and also taking breaks and not beating myself up for doing that and not sitting here and criticizing myself for, okay, I've been away from the podcast for like three months now. Like that's, that's so bad. I've never done that before. I've been so consistent. You know, what is everyone going to think about me? What Mm -hmm. is my audience going to think about me? I'm not showing up for them. I'm not present for them, but really your people understand and support you. So that's really what I learned. So yeah, so navigating all of these big life changes. Now I'm finally in a place where I I'm feeling so much better, you know, obviously going through all those changes. I'm, I'm getting back into my routine with my exercise routine, like going back out into, you know, more events and, you know, getting back to like, get connecting with friends and stuff again and doing more podcasts, whether it's, you know, coming on as a guest or doing more interviews, just getting back into that. So yeah, it's definitely hasn't been easy, but having the support of my community, husband, family, friends, therapist has made a world of a difference for me. What kind of, uh, what kind of exercise do you like to do? Do you, do you find enjoyable for your personal, um, personal fitness routine? Yeah. So really what I like to do is I do a combination of things. So I go to a gym and what I started doing is I really like the fitness classes there. So I'll switch off. I started going to, they have like five thirty morning high intensity workout classes, or it's a combination between cardio and weights. So I'll do, I'll do that once a week. And then there's another one that they have called GTX where it's like cardio with some of the weights. I'll do that once a week. I'm in Arizona, so it's pretty hot out here. So I'll either do some (laughs) early morning walks. I'll go on a walk, run, or I'll go in like the evening. I went last night. It was actually really, it wasn't bad at all. It wasn't hot. I went, did, did like a three mile walk or I did that last night, but yeah, I like to do walks, runs, Mm -hmm. um, high intensity combination workouts, yoga, pretty much all those different things I'm willing to try. I've, you know, wanted to get back more into, I used to do some hot yoga, haven't tried boxing yet. Did a, I think I did one Pilates class, but yeah, I just like trying new workouts, incorporating that into my routine, kind of setting a nice schedule. But yeah, I've really found that that has been Mm -hmm. helpful for me and just you know, getting my body out, moving, you know, getting off, you know, off your phone, off your screen. Um, but yeah, I, I found it to be super helpful. Nice. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm sure you can attest to that. Just exercise really helps is, uh, just really helpful in managing bipolar disorder and just kind of, uh, and for anybody, even, even without bipolar disorder, just kind of managing mood and just kind of getting those endorphins and just getting those, uh, just the, that good mood kind of flowing. So. Do you have anything, yes, maybe any projects no, on the horizon? That's kind of my last question for you for today. Do you have anything like on the horizon that you kind of have planned? Yes. So on the horizon right now is I have, I mentioned it a little bit earlier in the episode, but my two year anniversary of my book is coming out. So I published my book. It was October 6th of 2021. So I'm going to be announcing something soon on Instagram. It's at live well bipolar. So doing a giveaway. Um, and I want to set up a photo shoot, um, just to kind of get some fresh, fresh pictures, um, kind of just a little bit celebrate that moment for sharing that. So yeah, getting back into some more, cause that's kind of what I did do this year. Cause I was obviously pretty busy with everything that we kind of got into yeah. earlier. So just getting back into, you know, doing stuff for, for the book and some more of that promotion and just sharing, 
more of the story and going to more events. And, you know, I've done a, f- a couple events speaking engagements for that, but I've obviously put that on hold this whole year with everything going on. So just getting back into that. So yeah, that's my mm-hmm. big project on the horizon, you know, working on announcing that the two year anniversary, some more promotion for that, putting together some more events and things like that. But I'm super excited to finally be uh, more settled and being able to have more of these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, after the year you just had, you know, going, uh, getting married, honeymooning, buying a house, switching jobs. Um, I can't imagine, you know, it's, it's got to be nice. You know, routine sounds boring, but after all those changes, I'm sure having a routine sounds very fresh and appealing. So it's good to kind of get back into a normal swing of things nowadays. So, well, uh, Paris, yeah, thank you so much no. for joining me on today's episode. I look forward to being a guest on your episode here in the next, you know, few minutes here. And uh, I'll be sure to include a link to your Instagram handle, Live Well Bipolar, so people can check you out and follow you and uh, pick up a copy of your book, Crooked Illness. So, thanks again for coming on, awesome. Paris. And thank you to all my listeners for tuning into another yeah. episode. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great being able to finally have this conversation. I know we were going back and forth trying to set it up and I'm excited to talk with you here right after this and have you on my podcast. But yeah, the number one place to find me is on Instagram, Live Well Bipolar. Everything is on there. There's a link in the bio with book, podcast, all that stuff. Um, But yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I can't wait to have um, some more. Thank you again. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Lifting with Bipolar. Stay connected with me directly through jonathancharco.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at jonathancharco. As always, thank you for pushing your mindset and heart towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to please leave a review of the podcast as well as subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, Be kind to yourself and each other.